Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. They are Classics 4, of course, and their song from the 60s called Spooky. I told you this play uh, that's uh, that's coming up on the 14th to the 18th of November at the Lace Market Theatre is going to be spooky and we're going to find out more um, about that play from uh, the director, Nick Hedges. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning, Kev. I'm very fine, thank you. Marvellous stuff. And uh, I must say the Lace Market Theatre, I think since COVID, um, it's... It's just sort of exploded because so many people want to go to the theatre and there's been so many sold-out shows uh, at the Lace Market. This is another sold-out show, um, so which, which must please you and the cast no end because there's a couple of weeks left yet and it's already sold out. Uh, that, that must be a great feeling as the director. No, it is. It is. Um, but the play speaks for itself, really. Um, anybody who knows it will want to buy tickets for it because it was an award-winning play by Conor McPherson. But yeah, it's 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 a lovely feeling. It makes you feel very um, loved and cherished, even before you've actually put it on. Um, but I have got a stellar cast, um, and it's I can't wait to see them perform in front of a live audience. I think the play is just going to come alive wonderfully. Now, the play is written, as you mentioned, by a young Irish playwright called Conor McPherson, who most people may remember wrote Girl from the North Country, um, which which was the sort of the Bob Dylan-inspired play. I must admit, I hated that play. I hated it because <laughs> it was so depressing. Uh, and all the songs were about people dying and being killed off and everything. This has, <laughs> I think, got a little bit more... Um, I don't know. It's got a little bit more to it than the girl from the North Country. Um, so tell us what the weir is all about. Okay, the basic premise is it's set in um, a northwest um, Leitrim, which is a part of Southern Ireland um, on the west coast that sneaks up behind Northern Ireland. So it's kind of separated slightly from the rest of Southern Ireland. Um, it's in a small little country bar. There's only five characters. Um, one character is introducing somebody who just moved into the area, which is the one female character, Valerie. And she meets the single fellows of the village. And to make her feel welcome, they start telling her about the local folklore. And of course, being Irish, they tell stories very well indeed, especially Jack. Um, he starts off the events by telling her about the fairy road, um, which is a bit of a local feature for any travellers and tourists in the area. Um, and that leads on to another character telling a supernatural story, which is something that happened to them. And then the next character goes on to tell their supernatural story. Uh, and eventually, um, Valerie has a story very personal to herself as well, which um, catches them all by surprise. Uh, but yeah, touching on the supernatural um, and the folklore of Ireland, and it's very rich and deep in the Irish folklore. Um, and the language is sublime. It's very poetic, as you can imagine. And I keep coming into a slight Irish accent. It's, it's, it's infectious, <laughs> uh, working with the actors who've really got it down to a T. Um, yeah, the language is almost in places, the grammar is as if it was in the Irish, but directly translated into English. So I, I don't think we'll lose the audience. I think they'll follow what's going on quite clearly. But uh, yeah, it's a charming piece. Um, lots of laughter. We've um, cried with laughter in rehearsals. And there's pathos as well. There are some sad moments. But it's all about human frailty. It's about isolation. 
and these people stuck out in the middle of nowhere, these single men who desperately want somebody in their lives. And here is a chance with Valerie. It's very sweet. I'm glad you uh, you touched on the the sort of the the way the storytelling goes, and it, you know they are really good storytellers, the Irish as well. Conor McPherson describes the play as just people talking, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean you could dis- you could sort of add that description to something like uh, oh no, I've forgotten what it, what it's called now. Uh, what was that play with? Uh, uh, not the play, the television series. Ah, um, oh, where they just sat on the settee watching the TV. Um, oh, <laughs> The royal family. Royal family. That's right. I mean, yeah. everybody thought when that first came out, you know, just sitting there watching people sitting there talking and watching TV. Who'd have known it was going to be such a big hit? But uh, and I think that's why Gogglebox is such a, a big hit as well because people love to listen to people telling stories, don't they? Definitely, definitely. And what we're hoping as well, because obviously. It's, it, people who aren't familiar with the Lace Market Theatre. This is the studio production, which is up in the bar area. It's incredibly intimate. The audience are in touching distance of the actors. Um, And that's not intimidating them. It is a bit for the actors, of course. But what we're hoping to get is that you feel that you're actually sat in the bar with these people, enjoying this wonderful conversation and banter that they're having between each other. Um, And through that banter, you learn so much about each of the characters they slowly reveal their their worries, their concerns, their desires for life and, and their, what makes them up as people. Uh, and you see some of the characters really grow throughout the piece as well. So, yeah, it is. It's fascinating. We're just listening to conversation, uh, how much you can actually learn about people. And you start to build up your own picture about their past and their futures. And, yeah, it's it's... It's a fascinating play for that, and I hope the audience will really engage and feel welcomed into this tiny little bar in Northern Ireland. And, uh, I mean, as you said, it's set upstairs and there's the bar there and everything, and so it would, it'd be like sort of lots of flies on the wall, uh, wouldn't it, um, be, being up there? Because it's set in the bar in, in Ireland, and here we are seeing it set in a bar upstairs at the Lace Market. <laughs> you, you couldn't get it any better, really, could you? So, so no, no. With, with the with the sort of the set, then, is there any set? Do you need any set? Because everything is up there, isn't it? It is, really, but because of the nature of the building, because it's a listed building and it's quite old, there's not much you can do to the structure of the building. So with our lighting issues, there's one particular area that we do light plays, and that doesn't include the bar area. Um, We did consider using the bar, but lighting it would have been very difficult, and also seating the audience in would have been even more problematic. So Keith Parkinson, bless him, has been very busy with his saw and his nails and everything else. <laughs> and we've got part of um, Hobson's Choice set, um, their, their um, counter, and it's been turned into a small bar to go into Brendan's bar. Um, so, yes, there is a small amount of set. There is the bar and there's a couple of little tables and some stools and things just to help build up the atmosphere of that small little pub. Um, I think our... Our public bar would be a bit too flash for Brendan. I don't, I don't think he pushed the money out too far on that. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's very much a local seller, and he's got his herd of sheep. He's got to look after. He's got the whole farm to look after as well as the bar. So he's got more than he's contend with. He's not going to have anything posh. 
It's going to be very basic. Don't, you don't need it because the story will tell itself. So now that you, one, one thing that you also uh, touched on was the, the, the sort of the language with it being set in, in Northern Ireland as well. There's a lot of um, from from the book. I've read the book. There's a lot of Irish colloquialisms in the language. Um now, there is a possibility that that might confuse people. Um, I mean, there's words in there like gas, the knock, uh, cod, lula, headbang, all those sort of things in there. So yeah. have they all been kept in this play? Uh, it would be a shame to take them out. Yeah. We have kept them in. Some of them, you get the gist of what the meaning is by the conversation that they're set in and the way the character says them anyway. Um, and you know, they mentioned a game of Gar. I have no idea personally the rules of the game of Gar, but it's something they play in Ireland. And the fact that it's a sport that's played is all you need to know. You don't need to know all the details. Um, the Knock, obviously, is this huge, wonderful um, rock edif- um, hill um, structure in nearby. Um, sort of dominates the landscape, and it's a gorgeous landscape, that part of Ireland. And they, they mention the knock quite often, coming around the knock. And we are considering possibly having, um, a, with the programme, a small little glossary, just in case people are interested to know what those little details are, um, like headbangers and l- lular and all those kind of phrases yeah. that they come up with. But the fact that they're Irish is is part of its charm. And I think people will understand the gist of the story, despite the odd little unusual word that they're not familiar with and if not then they can always after the play of course um go away and, and do a bit more research if you know if they really wanted exactly. to so yeah. and um, there is plenty of stuff out there oh definitely so so what's been the biggest challenge as the director then with staging the weir Oof. <laughs> um I, I won't say it's making it real because i've got some amazing actors and they have really taken on the characters brilliantly, and I couldn't have asked for a better bunch. We did lose an actor um, just over a week ago through illness, sadly, um, and that was very tragic because he was doing a fantastic job. Um, so we've had to induct a new actor who's still working on the script. He's done an amazing job and getting a hold of the accent and everything else. Um, so that, that was difficult for the cast because we had to redo the schedule completely. And it was about helping him embed into the moves and building up the relationships with the other characters. And interestingly enough, he's created a very different character from what the other character uh, actor did, which is fascinating to watch. Um, I think part of it is the difficulty is actually finding things that belong to the 1990s, because this is set in mid to late 90s. Um, and some of the things just don't aren't around anymore. Um, there is a packets of cigarettes mentioned, which obviously the packaging doesn't look like that anymore. So props has been a bit of an issue and we're having to be very creative with those. Uh, but basically, we've done our research. We found out what those words meant. Getting used to the various types of language, there's lots of ums, ahs and, and various phrases they, they use, which the actors at first couldn't get their heads around but now they've got embedded into the characters they do make sense and hopefully you'll you'll spot those when you watch the play i know you said you read it and you probably thought what a strange sentence they come out with occasionally (laughs) but the actors should make it make sense it's all part of the thought processes uh, and just the way people talk locally in a small country region 
and I'm so pleased as well that you mentioned props because I mean that's one thing that I look for in a play. I love props that are sort of relative to you know to to that area. I mean in the pride that 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 drinks trolley. I want that drinks trolley. Wow, yeah. uh, I do yeah. that. That was yeah. gorgeous, <laughs> uh, and I'm so pleased that they they kept it as a drinks trolley and not a cabinet. Um, because it just looked so 1950s, it, it was so so good, um, and uh, and yeah, you'd think with it being the 1990s, those sort of things would still be easy to get hold of. But you know, you, yeah. you think it, it's what 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so yeah, things go out of fashion and, so and sort of get lost um, very easily, don't they? So definitely, definitely so, do. Yeah. Now then, we we know it's sold out. Um, but if people wanted to come and see this and sort of can't get it, and especially with it being in the studio, with it being sort of limited seating, is there something like a, a list that people can maybe put their names onto? And just in case anybody is foolish enough to you know, say, I can't make it after all. Um, is is well, that a possibility? Yeah. It is a possibility because um, and if you know yourself from attending the theatre, especially in the studio, even on a sold-out show, there's occasionally the one or two or three seats that go empty because of various, especially this time of year when people fall ill through flu or even still COVID, etc. So there are return tickets uh, occasionally do come available. So it really is worth keeping in contact with the box office and checking and saying, you know, stating an interest, especially on various evenings and whatever, uh, and trying to get to see the play, because it'd be a crying shame to have some empty seats of any description there through illness. It would be great. And there, I have seen people walking off the street and get a seat. Um, so, yeah, definitely keep in contact with the theatre and let them know you're interested. Always worth checking. I, as I say, I've read the book. I've never seen the play. I can't wait to see it because it sounds absolutely brilliant with all those stories. I love a good storytelling. And if it involves ghosts <laughs> and the supernatural knockings and birds yeah. in hedges and things like that, not giving anything away here, um, then I, I just can't wait. I, I'm down to see it and I can't wait to see it. It's on the 14th to the 18th of November. It's at the Nottingham Lace Market Theatre uh, and it's written by Conor McPherson. If you've seen uh, Girl from the North Country, just forget about that come and see this is it's yeah, so yeah, much better that. this is his best work <laughs> exactly so nick it's been a pleasure speaking to you as always um i yeah. shall let you get on with the rest of your sunday and i can't wait to come down uh, well I'm, I'm down there to see it. i can't wait um to, <laughs> to see it because I, as i say just love the supernatural have a great rest of your sunday nick and uh, we'll see you down there thank you very much Kev. cheers bye. nick bye bye now did you know that nottingham hospital radio is a registered charity as a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did. And thank you. Thank you.